And when the giraffe, or the zebra, or the eland, or the kudu, or the bushbuck, or the bonzibuck came by, he would surprise them out of their jumps and lives. He would indeed. And also there was an Ethiopian, with bows and arrows. Exclusively greyish, brownish, yellowish man he was then, who lived on the high veldt with the leopard. And the two used to hunt together, the Ethiopian with his bows and arrows, and the leopard exclusively with his teeth and claws, till the giraffe and the eland and the kudu and the quagga and all the rest of them didn't know which way to jump, best beloved. They didn't indeed. After a long time, things lived for ever so long in those days, they learned to avoid anything that looked like a leopard or an Ethiopian, and bit by bit, the giraffe began it because his legs were the longest. They went away from the high veldt. They scuttled for days and days and days, till they came to a great forest, exclusively full of trees and bushes and stripy, speckly, patchy, blatchy shadows, and there they hid. And after another long time, what with standing half in the shade and half out of it, and what with the slippery, slidey shadows of the trees falling on them, the giraffe grew blotchy, and the zebra grew stripy, and the eland and the kudu grew darker, with little wavy grey lines on their backs, like bark on a tree trunk. And so, though you could hear them and smell them, you could very seldom see them, and then only when you knew precisely where to look. They had a beautiful time in the exclusively speckly-spickly shadows of the forest, while the leopard and the Ethiopian ran about over the exclusively greyish-yellowish-reddish high veldt outside, wondering where all their breakfasts and their dinners and their teas had gone. And they were so hungry that they ate rats and beetles and rock rabbits, the leopard and the Ethiopian. And then they had the big tummy ache, both together. And then they met Bavian, the dog-headed barking baboon, who is quite the wisest animal in all South Africa, said Leopard to the Bavian, and it was a very hot day. Where has all the game gone? And Bavian winked. He knew. Said the Ethiopian to the Bavian, Can you tell me the present habitat of the aboriginal fauna? That meant just the same thing, but the Ethiopian always used long words. He was a grown-up. And Bavian winked. He knew. Then, said Bavian, the game has gone into other spots, and my advice to you, Leopard, is to go into other spots as soon as you can. And the Ethiopian said, That is all very fine, but I wish to know whether the aboriginal fauna has migrated. Then, said Bavian, the aboriginal fauna has joined the aboriginal flora, because it was high time for a change. And my advice to you, Ethiopian, is to change as soon as you can. That puzzled the leopard and the Ethiopian, but they set off to look for the aboriginal flora, and presently, after ever so many days, they saw a great, high, tall forest, full of tree trunks, all exclusively speckled and sprottled and spottled and dotted, and splashed and slashed and hatched and cross-hatched with shadows. Say that quickly aloud, and you will see how very shadowy the forest must have been. What is this? said the leopard. This is so exclusively dark and yet so full of little pieces of light. I don't know, said the Ethiopian, but it ought to be the aboriginal flora. I can smell giraffe, and I can hear giraffe, but I can't see giraffe.